0: You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger
1: Bodwin. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's Roger back at you from the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. This episode is incredible. You know, I get to meet some pretty astounding hospitality industry people, but this 30-year career veteran has worked in some of the leading chains and franchises in America. He cut his teeth in just about every aspect of concept development and real estate and finance and staff development and menu and I can't think of anything that he hasn't seen in that illustrious 30-year career. Well, Mr. Max Sheets is developing a concept, fast-growing three-store concept that's now moving across the country. It's called Chicken Max. But not only will we talk about what it takes to create a brand and move that brand into multiple locations and nurture and develop a staff, we're also going to talk about giving back to the community and what this business is really all about, about the passion. It's also about the resilience and this crazy pandemic that no one knows where the future lies, what's going to happen around the next corner. 20, 2021, we're all going through it as is Max, and he's going to give us some key insights that we can all learn, key nuggets that have really driven his business forward that'll be a benefit to many of us. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. I really think it has it all. Stay tuned Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. And as you know, these are engaging conversations that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, deliver amazing guest service experiences, and of course, cope with this crazy pandemic that just came out of nowhere we've all been challenged by it in many different ways so it's always great to talk to a successful independent operator we're going to cover lots of ground here but with me today mr max sheets and he is with a concept called chicken max he's got three locations and expanding and take it away max welcome to the show
0: hey thank you so much for having me here today it has uh been quite a year i uh I've labeled it 2020 IDK because that, that seems to be the answer is I, I don't know. And uh, you know, all we're doing is 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 you know adapting every day to a completely sense of a of a new normal, which continues to change. Um and and so that's all we can do and and understand that 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 we're in a in a people business and and what we have have done from the get go is take care of those people. You know who are part of our com- com- company, and and part of the community, and by doing that, uh, you know we're trying to do all the right things, and and we've done a number of things to to show that uh, we're all going to get through this together. And um, definitely challenging times, but uh, when you have challenging times, it brings out the best in our people, and and we've witnessed that over and over. So I'm very proud of it.
1: You know, that's very well said, because I think that really sums up what many of us, most of us are are going through right now. And I know it can be really disparaging times, but this is a resilient industry. We're resilient people. We're passionate about what we do. And, you know, to not to you know, <laughs> talk about cliches, but failure really is not an option. There are a lot of businesses closing left and right, but you really got to give it everything it got. There's been government relief funds that have helped lots of us through this. There's more on the way, hopefully. So this is going to be a rousing conversation. So Max, you've got an illustrious 30-year hospitality career. And, you know, it probably goes way back. I don't know if you had early inspirations as a teenager, if you worked in a restaurant to start, but where did it all begin? And then take us through, you know, some of the things... Things you've done with startups, with concept development, with franchise management, some leading companies out there you've been involved with. So, if you wouldn't mind, just take us from the beginning up to present day, and then, of course, we're going to get into how you started Chicken Max and where the brainchild came from.
0: Well, I, you know, I, it's one of those things where, uh, uh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a vet, I'm a veteran of, of the industry and, and I'm 61. Uh, Which means I'm an older guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a spring chicken. So, it also put me at the at the kind of at the second wave of expansion of the restaurant industry nationwide. And uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, there wasn't uh, Ritalin, and there wasn't all all the things that we give kids today. There was Max, go play outside. And the next simple thing was Max. You know, you really need to get a job. And um, some dear friends of my parents were really on the ground floor and, and on the, uh, in the first wave of franchisees for pizza hut. And so it was an easy walk down the street and, uh, I went down and of course they, they, they kindly gave me a job. And so when I was about 12, um, I I walked down the street and I went in the back door of the, of the local pizza hut and, um, there was a three compartment seat and I, I scraped cheese off of pizza plates. And, uh, you know, that was in the day when, when we made all of our own dough at Pizza Hut. And, it, you know, it was run through a sheeter. And uh, uh, so, so I got to watch the emergence of the industry. And then I, I got, I was fortunate I got sent to a school. Uh, again, you know, to, to, that was the other thing is, 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 you know, when you're a highly active kid, uh, my, my mom and dad sent me and kept me busy. So I got sent to a small school uh, and it just so happened that a lot of the parents there were really on the ground floor and and had Pizza Hut franchises around the country. And so I kind of grew up around it. Uh, I was very fortunate. And, um, uh, you know, because my my parents were not in the business uh, and all my other, my friend's parents were, um, they gave me jobs in the summer. And so I would go get sent here or there. And I was just around it. I, w- I was around these people who uh, went on to become very successful restaurateurs, uh, who really founded, you know, part of the QSR industry uh, with Pizza Hut. And, you know, in the early days, you would go to a town and there'd be a McDonald's and you'd build a Pizza Hut across the street. And so um, I was very fortunate. Uh, and, and then, you know, my career just expanded off of that. Um, uh, I, of course, I went to college and and did the college thing. And then my phone rang, and, uh, and it was, was, was Jamie Coulter, uh, whose family I had grown up with. And, and uh, you know, he had this, this new concept and, and uh, uh, invited me on board and, and to come help lead the development segment uh, for Lone Star Steakhouse and Saloon. Uh, and so it was an exciting time. You know, the 90s were an exciting time. And it gave me a lot of, you know, in the day, what it was called was deal flow, and so I learned a lot about the development of a concept, and and you know, not to mention going public or being part of a public concept, and all that went along with it in those times, the acquisitions, uh, but being uh, being involved in in everything, and 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 going to operations review meetings every twenty eight days, you know, it gave me the the perspective of. Of operations and the operating platforms and the economic models, and so I had this great background that started when I was just a kid, and um, you know that's what the the restaurant industry does is it gives people an opportunity um, if you want to get up and go to work and learn and, and basically you know get out of bed and and go do something you know I, the restaurant industry such has such a an unfortunate connotation. Of burger flippers, and I, and, I, and it, it it really bothers me um, because I can't think of a better business that equalizes all of us and gives us an equal opportunity to succeed. And I'm very proud of that. And and you know when I, and so I went from there to to um, uh, you know we 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 did Lone Star and and then Fox and Hound English Pub and Grill took a company called Total Entertainment Public. And then from there, I, I worked uh, for Dennis Thompson, who was the founder of Lone Star. And I worked with Dennis on a number of concepts, Firebirds, uh, and a number of other independent concepts. Um, and then my phone rang one day, and it was a, a really a, 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 another inflection point in my career. And, and that was a call from George Maccaro and Ted Turner. And, uh, and so I flew into Atlanta and, and I met with, uh, you know, I, I had seen Ted Turner and, and gotten to listen to him speak uh, when I was in college and he was, he was captivating, you know, I mean, he was
1: captain. Oh, yeah. oh was, I remember those days. I was a huge America's cup fan back in the eighties. And, you know, that, he, that yacht called courageous and just his swagger and his attitude and his charisma. And he was such a dynamic guy, you know, and he caught the world's attention. <laughs> amen. Amen. And, and, and he put his money,
0: he has always put his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. And, and when he says something, he backs it up and, and, um, uh, it's not shallow. It it's, 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 it's with meaning. And so I flew into Atlanta and I met with George and working with George, I really learned about empathy for all the people that are in the industry. And I really were Dennis is a visionary as well, but, but George is a true visionary. I mean, one, a guy who really starts with a blank piece of paper and, and, and the next thing, you know, you're really at the front of the better burger segment. Uh, you know, Ted's Montana grill, it, it was the leader in, in the better burger segment. I mean, we were, we were before smash burger. We were before five guys Um, you know, George really put together something and taught me a lot about concept development. And through that, uh, you know, how, you know, I'd always known we got our results by and through our people, but I learned a lot from George. And and to this day, I have a a lot of of admiration for George. He's a mentor for me. I speak to him on at least a a, a bi-weekly, if not a weekly basis. He's taken Great interest in this concept, Chicken Max, and and my career, and and I, I, you know, I really like to take these moments to thank him and Jamie Coulter and Dennis Thompson. I mean, these guys are legends in the industry, and uh, and I was fortunate enough to be to be part of all these brands, and then from there I moved on uh, to Smashburger and and showed up there with uh, with three units and really learned a lot about food science, uh, being around Tom Ryan. And, you know, Tom was the guy who's, who developed stuffed crust pizza, the McGriddle and really understood, uh, food, flavor and fragrance and, uh, you know, has PhDs to back it up, but, uh, really got an exciting time for me to learn about, about food and, 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 and the creation of the flavor profiles. Um, and, and, you know, there were three units when I got there, there were a couple hundred when I left. Um, and then I, 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 I you know, then life kind of got in the way for me, and, and, uh, and so I took a year off and, and, uh, and uh, you know, went through, a, went through an ugly divorce that ended up taking some time. And, and uh, you know, we all go through these things in life. I mean, it's not just a road that's, that's smoothly paved, and I think it's important that we share the fact there's bumps for all of us, and, uh, and that's part of living. And, and to what you said earlier, we're all in this together whether it's you know a personal part in our life or or this pandemic that that we're all facing. But if we just embrace that and 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 pay it forward and realize that we are going to get through this together and and you know this too shall pass. And and so so if, you know from there I went to Freddy's and I think there were they had sixty stores when I started and three hundred when I left and 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 at that point I, I really took a deep look in the mirror and said, okay, um, we're, it's time for a new chapter. You're, you're, uh, you're t- If you're, if, if, if it's, if you're going to do something yourself, and if you're going to take all this wisdom from all these years, it's your turn and it's your time. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And so I looked real hard and, and, and I've been part of a lot of concepts that I haven't mentioned here. And, and, um, I'd always been encouraged to go, Eat here, eat there, see things, do things, you know, but but be inquisitive and um, and and so I watched and I, and I always knew that that uh, that I wanted to be in a in the restaurant business that served lots of people. Um, I, I I I didn't want to be in fine dining. I wanted to serve the masses. And um, and I watched, you know, we all watch and and we all read and and it looked like chicken was was the place to go. And so. Um, I thought, well, let's, let's get in the chicken business. And I sat down with design architects and um, put together this little thing and, and, and called it chicken max. And, and then, you know, you, you, you know, trust me, I would never recommend someone opening three stores of a new concept in the first year. Um, I'd rather jump out of a 20 story window, but Hey, it's what I decided and we did it. And, and you learn faster that way. And so we we really had a, a steep learning curve and came away from all this understanding that we've got a really unique concept and that we needed to find a niche that we could serve that was different in a in an oversaturated market, i.e. restaurants. And and that is, you know, we have two distinct platforms, one with fried chicken. Uh, you know, and where we have our own, again, taking all these learnings uh, from a guy like Tom Ryan. I sat down with a, lot, a bunch of food scientists and food chemists and came up with a very unique blend of flour and seasonings that became our batter and our flour. And then in, in, the, in the time I took off, I spent a lot of time uh, out in California on the Central Coast and learned about almond wood uh, from my good friend Mark Tognazzini who has a bunch of cups, has some seafood restaurants, and learned that that almond wood imparts this incredibly mild, wonderful flavor. And so we have these two distinct platforms: one fried, one smoked with almond wood uh, that is incredibly healthy. And and then you know deciding how to so so that made us gave us a real point of differentiation. And then I just you know you read you watch and I, and you know there's this little concept out of Atlanta that sells a heck of a lot of chicken sandwiches. And, uh, and I determined I wanted to be in the sandwich business next. And so uh, coming out of the burger segment in the burger industry, where we were all racing to develop, uh, you know, the better burger segment. um, I decided that, uh, that, that what our focus needed to be was the better chicken sandwich. And so we have really spent our time, uh, focusing on developing the better chicken sandwich, working with probably your friend Robert Kabakov out of Chicago. know, uh, we we've brought Robert in, and 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 we've got some really great sandwiches now, and uh, we're getting ready to uh, to get out of Wichita and see how we play uh, in Houston, Texas, and uh, and 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 that will be our next step. So. So that's kind of where I've been and where I am. And, um, that wears me out to
1: talk about it. And I'm—do um, I have to talk anymore? Well, you know what? I—I I was so incredibly inspired by everything that you just said because, uh, well, a couple of things hit me. Let's let's start with what you said about. This business being the great equalizer, because it really is. I can't think of any other industry, any other business where you literally don't need a college education. You don't need a GED. You can start off in a dish pit and own a chain of restaurants and build an empire. And I've seen it happen in my own restaurant experience. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. So Two decades ago, 23 years ago, I started my very first restaurant, no experience. My very first employee was a 15-year-old. I hired him to be a dishwasher. I'd say within three weeks, this kid was closing the restaurant three nights a week, sending the credit card batch, setting the alarm. I could trust this kid to do anything. He wanted to learn, eager to soak up information. Stayed with me for about 15 years, taught him. I mentored this kid, taught him everything I knew about the business. He wanted to know the finance, the critical numbers, costing things out. He became kitchen manager in three of my restaurants before he then left to start his own restaurant. And this is what happens. 15-year-old dishwasher makes good, and this happens every day in our business. So I love the fact that, you know, we do have a portion of this audience that are up-and-coming wannabe restaurateurs. They're either in hospitality programs in colleges or they're working in restaurants, and they see a future. They see a path forward. It's a fun business. It's a challenging business. It's everything in between. But that segues me into everything that you've seen. You're like an evangelist for this business. You've seen it all. You've done it all. I can't think of anything that you didn't mention that you haven't come across with all of these chain restaurants, these independent restaurants, every single aspect from the real estate to the concept development to the menu development, the flavor profiles to the staffing to every single piece. It's, it's incredible. So you are a wealth of knowledge. And I think this is going to be a great interview for that reason. I was going to ask you all about, you know, why chicken and why chicken, Max? But you took us there. I think that's fantastic. So let's talk about, okay, well, you know what? The next thing that really struck me that you mentioned was I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't start three restaurants simultaneously in the same year before I jump out of an airplane, you know? So why? Tell us you know, what led to that decision? You know, you obviously perfected a concept that's working. You know, I, I love the fact that it's an inspired concept. It's a healthy concept. It's not just another chicken sandwich. It's not just another chicken dinner. You really put your homework together and came up with something that the public can can really appreciate and resonate with. So then you said, okay, I'm in Wichita. Is it, um, you know, such a growing um, area right now that you said, hey, I can put one three miles away, and then I can put another one four miles past that, and then we can just keep going. And then you got this regional expansion plan, a national expansion plan. Why so fast, and what is the future of Chicken Max as you see it today? Yeesh. Uh, <laughs> um, well, like
0: I said before, I, I, I've, always wanted, I've always wanted to, to be in, a, in, in the, the segment that fed the masses, Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't ever just want to be, I didn't want to do this to have two or three chicken restaurants in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Wichita's home for me. Um, I was going through a period of my life uh, where I didn't have any really, I, 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 I I, I have no family and I really came home because this is where my friends were. And um, uh, Mr. Coulter called me and said, Hey, you know, Freddy's needs somebody and you're really not doing anything you should be. And and uh, and, and so he made the introduction and, and and then I, so I ended up in Wichita because it's home. Um, and it's a great place to start things. It, there's a real entrepreneurial spirit here. Um, again, there's Wichita's an under, Wichita's kind of under the radar, but, um, you know, it is the home of Residence Inn, it is the home of Candlewood Sweets, it is the home of Pizza Hut. Uh, uh, Rena center. There's this huge, entre- and a whole bunch of others, a whole, there's this huge entrepreneurial spirit that pervades, uh, you know, not to mention the largest private company in the country, Coke, but um, it's a great place to be. And, and it's a nice cross section of America. So I was here, there were, uh, uh, you know, as you know, my background is development. There were a couple of closed restaurants that were by another chain and i could get them at undermarket leases and i could get busy i could get i could start learning and uh and so i took two at a time and then i thought boy i really need to see how this works with a drive-through and so then there was a third location so the next thing you know you've got three and and um and they just scattered themselves out over the course of the year and away you go and and um Uh, and, and and thank goodness that that I, I, I decided to try one with a drive-through because that led to me to the fact that, Hey, I'll never do another store unless it's in a dense urban area. And now who knows if dense urban areas are going to come back, but, um, you know, you have to have a drive-through today. And we were able to then, um, we closed our original restaurant and opened then a fourth. Um, and, and it has a drive-through also. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and, and so the idea then was, okay, we know that we're working here locally. Uh, let's go see how we work, uh, in, 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 in a a market that doesn't have snow and that doesn't have ice. And I've got good friends in Houston and, and they were very interested. And so, you know, Houston presented itself and it's a great market. And so that'll be, we'll go down there next. And, um, along the way, you know, I've got a lot of friends in development And uh, I'm going to bet that that there's some developers that are going to have some real estate that's going to start coming available that know me. And to your point, um, you know, we've got a very, very seasoned group of people here. My chief operating officer is Bob Peterson. You know, Bob ran all the Sonics in Texas. Bob ran all the, the, the Paneras in the Southeast. He was a senior regional manager for Steak and Shake. Um, you know, we've got real seasoned, uh, uh, veterans. We've got Robert Kabakov doing the, the food, you know, we've got Peter Nolan, you know, who was, was on the ground floor at Ben and Jerry's heading up our marketing, uh, another Chicago guy. Um, so this has all been done with intentionality and the intentionality is, we have to come up with something that looks the same, feels the same, tastes the same, whether it's in New Jersey, Florida, Kansas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas, uh, you know, Oregon, Nevada, California. And so it's been very intentional. Uh, it's all been done with intentionality. And that's because of my background. Um, but we want to we slowly and, and, and methodically uh, prove that we have a national brand. And um, and it's going to take some time, uh, but we're, we've got we, we, we're going to do it and do it right. Um, and and back to how you led into this, I mean, um, the big the big curveball that was thrown all of us was COVID. We we, we we I certainly didn't have in my 2019 budgets. Hey, in February, everything's going to come to a screeching halt, and you're going to have to think about. How are we going to get through this? Right? I mean, we all kind of went, "Whoa!" And so, my personal uh, to, and, and and to your point also, there were a lot of people that quit. There's a lot of people that threw up the white flag mm-hmm. and 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 furloughed people and laid people off and closed things. Um, I did. Uh, I did not do that. I brought all of our people in, and I said, "You know something? We're all in this together. We're all going to get through this together." And what I challenge you all to do, because I'm not going to furlough anyone. I'm not going to lay anyone else. We've got enough business. We're going to get through this. We're going to make this happen. I challenge you all to go home and think. And I want you to think. And I want you to come back here and talk about what are we going to do to pivot and to become part of whatever it takes to see this out. And man, I got to tell you, this just lit people up. And the next thing you know is they came in with ideas of, okay, we've got a smoker in that smoker. We can, we knew we could get big legs, big chicken legs for, as you know, the cost on them is very low. Let's go get, let's do a a $2 box, two smoked legs, a piece of bread and either a side of white beans or Southern greens for $2. Let's do that. And let's, let's, let's do that for two bucks, a real meal for the people who really need it for less than a soda at a convenience store. And then let's go get with some people who are really in need. And and we fed 72 families every Wednesday night through through the Mennonite Brethren Church. And and you have your kids preparing those meals and then delivering them to people who that may be the best meal they got all week. That yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that's beautiful. People- that makes people feel good about what they do. Definitely, and then PPP came along. And look, I've to, I've told people we were the poster child for PPP. We needed it. It kept our people employed. We 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 are. You know, a lot of this industry is never gonna gonna be the same. You know, thank goodness I, I didn't choose the buffet business. Thank goodness I'm not in casual dining. I don't know how mm-hmm. those things emerge. Yeah, I. We can emerge because we have a drive-through, because we have a, a robust online platform. Again, what people came back and talked about, Max, how are we going to really promote online ordering? What can we can we get some sandwich boards and put them out in the parking lot and and say online orders pick up here? That wasn't my idea. None of this is my idea. This is listening to people and and our people who believe in what we're doing. And, and, you know, what, 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 culture, as you know, I mean, culture is the name of the game. So we came up with this little, little culture book. And, and um, we give it. it to our people. And, oh, um, yes. you know, part of, part of the whole concept is, is, that, is that I happen to believe that, that two things bring us together, food and music. Food and music bring us together to feel good to smile um, and and, and to give us a little better perspective on our worst days. And, you know, if if we've got 50 people in our restaurants and and, and they each walk into that restaurant and they've got two problems, we all have problems. Let's say each one of them have two problems. All of a sudden there's a hundred problems in my store, in our store. If for that 30 minutes or 45 minutes that they spend with us, They start hearing that music, which is classic rock. They start tapping their feet. They start listening to Janice. They start listening to to the Almond Brothers. Suddenly they're they're tapping their feet. They hear hear Elvin Bishop, sure feels good, feeling good again. Um, It brings back good memories. They eat some really good food. It's got a very unique flavor profile. They, they 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 know that we are a good value. Suddenly, um, those problems when they walk out aren't quite as heavy as when they walked in. And that's why I do this.
1: It's also great for business. I mean, it sounds like the vibe that you've created is great for the staff and great for the customers. And it and it's giving them hope and it's giving them an escape, a temporary escape you know during the worst times and you're giving them honest value you're giving them great food and flavor and Sounds great. And what you mentioned is really, really important because, you know, being in the quick serve segment, a lot of restaurants have totally been able to thrive through this thing versus all the government restrictions with sit down full serve restaurants. I myself have gone through that. We've had to pivot to a quick serve concept and a market and no indoor dining. And now it's getting colder outside. We did really great with outdoor dining for a while, but now that's sort of changing. So another pivot is on the horizon. But again, timing being what it is and PPP being what it is, I mean, all these things help to keep the staff and to keep the business going. And hopefully there's more of that on the way, because I know there's still a lot of hurting restaurants out there, a lot of hurting businesses of all kinds out there. So, you know, what the future holds, no one knows. You said, you know, I don't know, 2020, I don't know. A lot of people are saying 2021, I don't know, because that's right around the corner. But, you know, I think you've given us a lot of inspiration and a lot of hope for the future and a lot of ideas on what we could be thinking about. Getting the team together is one of the best ones. You know, it's not like you're a figurehead, you're an owner, you're a GM, you're, you're, you know, you're this sort of solitary person making all the big picture decisions. Yes, that's true to some extent, but you always rely on your staff because a great idea can come anywhere in the organization from any person. And like you said, you know, let's do the $2, you know, big legs. And that was a hit. So keep it coming, Max. This is great stuff. So COVID is now in its seventh or eighth month for most of the country, and it's something that's had a resurgence now and the and the regulations keep changing and some states have sort of gotten rid of the problem and then all of a sudden it's come back again. Some states are having bigger problems now than they had six months ago. I mean, it's just crazy. Where do we all go from here in terms of safe practices? I mean, what have you been doing to gain consumer confidence either back or just to keep consumer confidence? You know, the best safety practices, the online ordering, the contactless delivery kind of thing, the contactless payment. I mean, there's lots of things that we're doing, but has that been a huge challenge or did that just naturally evolve with the problem?
0: Well, well, first of all, they were big legs, not pig legs. Big legs. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Did it sound like pig? I actually said, of course (laughs) I said big, yes. Big chicken legs for two bucks.
0: Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, that's a great question and and one that uh, I took very seriously. Um, I've got good friends that are in the medical profession. I chose to listen to science. And, um, we very visibly posted our sanitary practices on the, on the doors. Here's what you're going to see happening in the stores. Here's what we're doing. Here's how often we're doing it. Everyone wore a mask. Um, I lost a very good manager just because if you're not going to wear a mask, you're not going to work here. This isn't a place for you. Um, a mask Protects others and ourselves. Of course, science will tell us wear a mask. It's that simple. Uh, mask up, and and we're all and it, and it is and the more people that wear masks, the better protection we have. It will all start to go down. Um, you know, we went to fifty percent seating. Um, we, we, we went to distance seating, and 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 you know, we also uh, again thinking. Uh, one of the mainstays of our company is, is this simple thing and that's the wisdom is in the group. And, and I believe that. And so we, we know that chicken holds. And uh, so we really started promoting uh, value family meals and, and drive through, get a big fan. And, and, and then they just got bigger <laughs> and, and, and because they really, people really like it and they, they came through. So, so we really have, have done all those safety practices. They've become habits. And, and to your point, we're, we're eight or nine, we're seven or eight months into this thing. And psychology tells us that ha- it takes 90 days to create a habit. We've got a whole general population out here that, have, that that has developed new habits. And so we have to be understanding of what the habits are. And, and part of it is, People are still eating out, they're just not going out. And so they go and get their food and they take it home. I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't know that that, that families being together is a bad thing. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. But we just need to think as restaurateurs, what can we serve to get our food into the hands of people? Um, To your point, our businesses, we we are comping double digit positive over a year ago, um, we, we have watched our catering go from zero to just coming back strong. Um, and catering is a big part. When we have a robust catering uh, uh, model and business, people eat our food. We're, we're, look, we're an emerging concept. And so awareness is yeah. a huge issue. And there's no better way to build awareness than through catering. Gosh, we, we got this food from Chicken Max. I'm taking the family. I'm going to get something to go. I'm going to, and, and so, you know, we, we continue to, to use this time to work on spices and seasonings and flavors and, and to get people way smarter than me to help us do it. Um, and I, 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 I am completely on board with you. Um, 2021 is not going to be much different than 2020 until I'm afraid we're into the, let's hope the fourth quarter. So we need to all be thinking and, and, and we need to think, and we need to be nimble, um, and and we need we need to watch and listen, and if we do that, uh, we'll all get through this. But we also need to be smart, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, we all, I, I mean, look, we're all tuned in like we've never been before. I mean, there's times when I have to, to to consciously tune out, or or gosh, it's just you know, I mean, I saw where yesterday where Regeneron has 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 slowed down there. Their 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 stuff and 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 the the race to a vaccine. I mean, uh, we're going to get there, but it isn't going to be tomorrow. And so, let's figure out how we get there safely. Let's figure out how we we slow this thing down, and we do that by having good habits. And if we can show people what that looks like by wearing a mask, by social distancing, by having very sanitary, which we should we had anyway, mm. but um, let's be very visible about it to our guests. And then maybe, you know, this one good thing leads to another.
1: You haven't gotten where you've gone in this um, career path and in this industry without being a strong leader. And leadership is really coming across pretty strongly right now. And especially when you're growing a new franchise quickly, you need to be you know, a, a lead by example person, you need to inspire others, you need to hire the right people, and then you need the training piece, which is just so critical to the organization. Can you speak to, you know, what your management style is, how you find good people, how you train them, and how you get out of their way and let them have the autonomy to make these decisions with good judgment that lead the company forward? Well, uh, you
0: know, uh, George Maccaro taught me uh you know, we're in a hundred yard race and i'll give you a 99 yard leash and and so that's what we do uh, but uh the one thing that these challenging times has done is there are a lot of really good people out there right now and so it has given us uh, the opportunity to staff up and and part of it is is just understanding that to grow and to grow with with planning and to grow with, with, with intelligence and not just throw stuff on the wall, is you have to give away a little a little profit. And with that, we're, we're staffed up, we are hiring ahead. And so right now we're gonna be able to open these new units with really good people because A, they're available, and I'm willing to make the commitment to them to get on board early. And so that way we are going to open stores like they've been open for 90 days. And that, you know, I've, I've seen it done the other way. I've, trust me, I watched just open 20 some stores in a 28 day period, once upon a time to meet some analyst expectations. Uh, That's not the way to do it. And so, so there's opportunity here as we talked about. And so we have, you know, we've got, uh, we've got very hands-on training. Um, We, 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 how do how do you instill it? You hand them something to believe in, then you show them how to do it. And then you follow up and follow up and coach and coach and coach. And so we're constantly coaching, you know, we're constantly watching, we're constantly coaching um, and, and, and we're, we're engaging with our people. And I walk in the back door with a mask on and you know something that it's fun to see people switched on. It's fun to get, you know that your people are engaged when they send you emails and say, Hey, I know we're going to Houston and I've got this experience of opening other restaurants in other states. And how can I help? Or hey, I'm, I'm a line guy, but here's what I'm seeing. What do you think about, man? When you've got people that are engaged like that, you know, you you've experienced it your whole career. You, you take care of those people, Definitely. and 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 you 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 reward them. I mean, you you know as well as anyone when, when things go well in this business. It, it creates huge wealth beyond belief. Let's spread it out. Let's take care of others. Let's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy. Let's, uh, let's leave a legacy by, um, by having people talk good about what we've done and be proud of what they've done. And, and, and I think the biggest thing um, is that through my career, yes, the numbers are important. I, I read them every day. But you have to always remember what those numbers are. Those numbers are the exhaust, and those that exhaust is created by the engine. And that engine is our people, and so let's take good care of our people, and the exhaust will take care of itself. The minute you start focusing on the exhaust, it doesn't work. You then you then you say, okay, let's let's take this many ounces out of out of out of our burger or or cut our cheese thinner, or doing it the wrong way. If we do it the right way, we'll build sales. We'll have happy people. We'll have people that want to work for us, want to be part of something bigger than themselves. This isn't about me. This is about a brand. It's about doing something that people feel good about. I, I you know, We have a weekly call, and, and, and we had a guy who had been at another big chain for nine years. And he said on the call last week, he said, you know, Max, he said, and at the end of our call, we talk about good things. And, and he said, you know, I want to I I say that you're my good thing. Because for the first time in a long time, I look forward to coming to work. And I feel good about things. I, mean, I can't be paid a better compliment.
1: That's wonderful. You know, you said the key word brand because there's so many restaurant owners, managers, operators out there that are running restaurants, but they're not thinking about running a brand. And a brand is a thousand details in this business. And every single detail matters to the customer. Every single detail will impact the staff as well. And I just have always believed that you've got to train your people to understand your brand to relate that brand to the customer and to be a representative be your own brand within that restaurant's brand with a unique personality and be service minded and care about quality and that was a critical part of the training that you know we imparted every single employee I'm doing that today in, in a new concept that i 'm that I'm running also. And I guess I just wanted to ask you about any special training. You showed us the handbook, which I think gives people something to believe in. It gives you the vibe and the spirit of Chicken Max, which I think is awesome. But then when you onboard somebody, it still takes maybe their prior experience or no experience at all and indoctrinates them in this whole new idea of what Chicken Max is, what the customer's looking for, and what you as a staff person can do to be a brand ambassador for the business. What do you do and how do your managers lead these teams, onboard them, and, and indoctrinate them into what service is really all about? It comes down to that word hospitality. I know you've, we've heard that word a thousand times, but it really comes down to hospitality.
0: It does. It, it, it's all about hospitality. And, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things I ever heard is, is the restaurant business is easy. Easy is hard. Oh, oh, no kidding. I mean, what do we have to do? We have to greet the guests, thank the guest, serve hot food, hot, cold food, cold, smile, be nice. And the guest is always right. And in these trying times, they're walking in looking for problems because they're not happy. They're agitated to begin with. Um, but it is, it's all about hospitality and, and, and and it's, it's about spending time with people who have taken the chance to believe in us and to believe in this brand, to believe in me. And, and, and so once they show that they're believing in us, we can't let them down. So we have to spend the necessary time with them. So that they know who we are, what we stand for, what a what a, a, a properly cooked and temped chicken tender looks like, what a properly made sandwich looks like, and care about what they're doing. And at the same time, you got to have a great expediter. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is true. No question about that. But but it, but it's it's it, it, it's spending the time with them. And, and giving them the knowledge and that's training and that way they're properly prepared with the confidence to execute. And then from that, you know, you don't just throw them to the wolves. I mean, when you're in the, in, in the heat of battle on one of those those big crushing hours, you got to be right there next to them, supporting them, helping them and and, and breathing and, and under, letting them understand that again, th- this is just a small microcosm of what we live with, right? but it's just this one hour, but we're all going to get through this together because we're going to work together. We're going to help each other. We're going to support each other. The next thing you know, we've caught up, we're getting ahead and it's all okay. Um, so there's a, there's that sense of calm and, 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 but it's being right there next to people uh, when they're just starting and, and not expecting them to not know how to do something when they haven't been trained. I mean, training is on us, you know, we have to select, right. You know, we have to select, we have to hire, we have to train. We can do that properly. Um, you know, we're going to have, as you know, a successful business. It's not very easy. It's very difficult. Um, and, and it takes patience. It takes time. And, and it takes from the top, from, from your view and my view, it takes humility and it takes being able to say, Hey, this was a mistake. We've got to change this. It doesn't work. Uh, it was my idea. I own it, and it wasn't a good idea. Um, and and so it takes humility, and and so we have to be humble, and um, that that's really important.
1: I do a bit of coaching and consulting one on one with restaurants, and prior prior to COVID, I was traveling quite a bit. I was doing speaking engagements, all that sort of thing. But it comes across so often when I meet with a new client or I speak to them that their systems are lacking in their operation and systems are really the foundation of any successful business, regardless of if it's a restaurant or not. And there's so many critical systems, but one of the biggest ones, obviously are the financial controls, and it comes down to those thousands of details. Again, it could be as simple as you've got several different people preparing your food or putting it out to the customer you know, one of my first concepts was a wood-fired pizzeria, and different people had different size hands, and one, you know, one person's hand was, you know, so much cheese, and then someone's was even bigger than that, and it's like, we had to, how many pieces of pepperoni go on this pizza, and how many ounces of cheese, and all these little different controls are so critically important, but until you actually establish a system, and where I'm going with this is, I wanted to ask you if you've ever sort of experimented with open book management even on a sort of real basics because when i started my first restaurant it was a steakhouse so long ago and and my employees thought, several of them thought every time I sold a twenty dollar steak dinner, you know, two decades ago, Roger's putting twenty bucks in his pocket. I'm doing all the work, Roger's getting rich, you know. And it came down to an education process whereby I broke down the cost of that steak and the cost of labor that went into that steak. And if some dishwasher's walking across the floor and broke that plate, and that was just seven bucks for the plate that just came off the profit of the next dinner we're gonna sell. And no, this is what it takes to run this business. And it really takes all of us to be mindful of those details and to be careful and to be bottom line oriented and to keep the quality where it needs to be but it's the best practices that allow you to keep the quality where it needs to be so you're not suddenly cutting corners and cutting the quality. Uh, You must have a thousand things to say about that topic.
0: Well go into a fine dining steakhouse sometime and take the trash and take all your people and and throw it out on a big uh, yeah right right and, the silverware
1: and, and everything else
0: yeah and and then start the conversation there good uh, but uh, to on a much more basic level you know and and, and going way back uh, you you really you really tweak my memory of what's left of it um, uh, and, and and it was it, it you know in the pizza business it was back to just what you said, my hand isn't the size of your hand. And that's why we went and finally, you know, figured out weights and measures. And we called it counting pepperonis because this many pepperonis go on a medium pizza, this much, this weight of sausage, you know, scoop it. And, and so, so yes, you have to have standardized practices in order to control cost, And, and, and yes, you have to have that open book practice with your people because they need to understand that, that that margins are slim, and 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 again back to, to 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 opening me up even more is is know the numbers and they'll set you free, and and I we, we stress that know the numbers and they'll set you free. We talk about our numbers every week, um, and 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 chicken. Uh, one of the things I didn't realize when I got in the business when I selected chicken because boy it's hot Max was. You buy chicken by the pound, you, you sell chicken by the piece. Hmm. So I've got a 10-pound bag of tenders, but this week they averaged 2.7 ounces, and last week they averaged 2.2 ounces. Gee, how does that change our plate cost? It's so and, true. And and so those are things that, as a, as a development guy, um, I missed it completely, and I'll be the first to tell you. And so I had to learn, my, learn our way through that, and I have. Um, but um, uh, you know, all those challenges are there, and, and I absolutely concur with you. Um, if, if people realize that, hey, we're making a dime on this dollar or a nickel or a, on this dollar, mm-hmm. it changes. Mm-hmm. That. And, and, and they have to care. They have to care. And, and if they don't, they're not who we want to have playing on our team because it is. it's about systems, it's about processes. And then when those all come together, suddenly you're efficient. And when you create efficiency, your ticket times go down. As your ticket times go down in our industry, that's what matters today. People want it great and they want it fast. And speed is really a concern. So then we have to learn, okay, what technologies are out there that will allow us to go faster. Um, And when you've got a smoker in your restaurant, there's only so much that can fit into a smoker and you sure as hell don't want to run out. Um, then you're in the barbecue business, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> good. that's a good yeah. one. Awesome, but uh, but yeah, absolutely. And and it's getting people to buy in and to believe. And but but the way they get there fastest is through that understanding. And it's through that understanding that then you're creating better better employees. And it's taking that kid that doesn't have a GED that 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 quit that is down who suddenly gets confidence. Mm -hmm. And wow, then all of a sudden they, they, they have something they haven't had a lot of them, maybe their whole lives.
1: Yes. You know, and that's, that's how we impact people. That's called nurturing. And that is such a critical part of developing your staff because operators out there for the longest time, you know, it's the warm body syndrome. Somebody quits. I had to fire this person. I need somebody immediately and you just throw them to the wolves. But it's really about a more conscientious approach to developing your people, treating them like they're special, like they've got special talents that are going to lift this business forward, and then constantly giving them feedback to improve their performance. And then there's the recognition rewards piece. And that has always served me so well. And it's one reason why, you know, turnover does not have to be as high as it is in this business. If you only looked at that other approach is a better way you know longevity is what it's about it's not about constant turnover because that just so impacts the limited low margins that you just talked about turnover is a killer to your profits Mm -hmm. so if you just take the time and i know it's one more detail that takes time but i can't think of anything more important than building the foundation of your business which is your team and nurturing is a huge part of that so thanks for sharing This has been a fantastic interview, Max. Let me ask you one final question. Um, It's pretty critical right now. Like I said, there's been so much inspiring, so many key nuggets of information that all of us can apply to our businesses. But if there's one piece of advice that you could give other operators right now, not just to succeed the short term, but really come out the other side stronger because no one knows when it's going to end. What would you say to people that are listening right now? Um, How can you get them really charged up to just go out there like they were shot out of a cannon, and not just survive today or next week or next month? It's really about the future of their business.
0: Uh, Invest in your people now. Invest in your people continually and never quit investing in your people because they are going to be the ones that get us through this. It's all of us working together to get through every day, every hour to see the other side. I mean, it's, it's all about people. And, and, and to your, again, this has been a great interview because it's two older guys who have, who have, have fought the battles and, and it is about nurturing. It is about empathy. It is about caring. And, um, we need more of that, not just in our industry, but, but in this, in this world and, and in this country, um, I care about people and I want people to succeed on all levels of life. And that go runs much deeper than just financial. And I want people to be happy. And if I could give you and, and everyone else one thing, um, I would get, gi- I would give you happiness because it's hard to find. And, and, uh, and it seems like, uh, if we had more happiness, we'd have more good ideas and more people working together. But it's back to people working together. It's nurturing, but it's giving them the framework to allow them to succeed. And that's where my work comes in, right? And it, it is developing the processes and the systems and working with our senior leadership. Um, you know, And you said it, there's a million pieces that go into this. I, I've been working with our finance people and 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 on, on and really you know as we get ready to roll this thing uh we've got to really be detailed and i mean as you know w- when you go to put recipes in um you know so you've got a salad and somebody here's your basic salad well then you take out the the, the, the somebody wants it without cheese so you've got a recipe without the cheese you gotta it just you know it's these thousands and thousands Absolutely right but you got to have that and, and it's easier today than it's ever been with our automation. Uh, but again, it's all back to people. And so we have to take the time to support our people and nurture them, and we'll get the right results. I, I'm not giving up on people. I'm not giving up on it. And I'm not giving up on this industry. And there's no white flag in my bag. And, and we're going to charge forward together, and, and, and we're going to think, and we're going to be tactical. And, and we're going to to do it continually, um, and, and, and we're going to care about others.
1: Amen, Max. Amen. That was beautiful. <laughs> I so enjoyed this interview, and I know the audience uh, will as well. So once again, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and of course, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, Mr. Max Sheets from Chicken Max. Rock on, Max. Be safe. Thank you. (laughs) Stay well, everybody. Thank you so much. Guys, I hear from many of you all the time that you really appreciate the content of the podcast, but I'd like you to know that if there are any topics... Or people or guests that you think that we should be talking to that you would benefit from, please drop me a line, Roger, R O G E R at restaurantrockstars.com. You know, in this episode with Max, we talked about the importance of systems, the importance of staff training, financial controls, marketing, giving back to the community. All these things are a benefit to your business. And if you feel that you need those systems in place, if you could use a helping hand, I do take on some coaching clients every quarter on a Limited basis. If I could help you with your business, please reach out to me. I love talking shop with operators, no obligation, of course, but I believe I could probably help you in any of these areas. But if you like to do it yourself, Check out restaurantrockstars.com and our shop page. We have something that's all-inclusive, a turnkey system called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. If you're just starting your first restaurant or you're spinning your wheels with an established concept, just wondering why you're not making a lot of money or enough money or what you should be, or you need some help with the staff training and development, just head on over to restaurantrockstars.com. We appreciate that. And once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.